Hello, everybody, and welcome to the our twice-a-month podcast, Blueprint CFO Presents Future-Focused Entrepreneurs. My name is Jim Downs. I'm the founder and CEO of Blueprint CFO, and my guest today is Trevor Hanks of the 360 Destination Group. Hello, Trevor. Hello, Jim. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm looking forward to uh, having this chat with you because I know the company very well, and it's an exciting story. So, um just before we do that, Blueprint CFO is our sponsor, and Blueprint CFO is a fractional CFO and outsourced accounting services firm headquartered here in Newport Beach, Newport Beach, California. And we work with entrepreneurs to help them get great accounting so that they have timely and accurate monthly financial statements and get them the data they need to run their business better and know what's working and what's not working. So if you need some help with your accounting or with your strategic thinking with the CFO, call Blueprint CFO. So Trevor, let's kick it off. Um, let me just give a, a little summary. I, I've worked with uh, 360 Destination Group. And if you're having a corporate event, which typically can be kind of boring, then you want to call Trevor because they make their they make your event cool and fun. So and they've worked with many, many companies. I know Trevor will share a lot of good stories for us. So Trevor, our first uh, question is, tell us a little bit about the company and, and uh, what it does. Well, thanks for, thanks for having me on today, Jim. I really appreciate it. And uh, so 360 Destination Group, uh, we are actually considered a destination management company and an event planning company. So what we do, uh, the way I normally give the Reader's Digest version is we handle everything uh, for corporate groups uh, for corporations of all sizes. Uh, everybody uh, in corporate America does some type of incentive trip, uh, meetings, product launches, depending on the industry. We do everything from the time people get off the airplane to the time they get back on the airplane to go home. We are the ones that plan everything in between. So we're a general contractor in our destinations. And what that means is we will have transportation companies, we'll have decor companies, we'll have entertainment companies, activities that are going to happen when you're going to these incentive trips at some of the beautiful destinations we represent. Currently, 360 Destination Group has uh, 17 offices throughout the country that service about 25 different destinations from California all the way through to Florida and a lot of the big destinations in between. So we're very fortunate. Uh, we, we plan parties for a living and the, at the core of our business is creativity, trying to make sure that we're taking exceptional care to make these once in a lifetime opportunities and really the wow experience that customers, clients, and, and whoever might be associated with these corporations are going to remember, no matter the destination is part of it, but also what they do while they're in these destinations and really get out of these trips is at the core of our business focus day in, day out throughout the country. That's, that's so cool. Um, how many years has it been since you started the company? So it's kind of an interesting path that I've been on because uh, I come from a company. My parents actually started a small version of this company. They were some of the pioneers that started uh, in event planning and destination management in the late 70s in San Diego. With That is still kind of the hub of where the industry started for this niche. And we, I was in the company. Uh, I ended up buying my parents out in 2008, um, right as the... Uh, 
collapse of the financial markets, the mortgage crisis. So my timing was exquisite uh, to be able to come in and, and have to deal with everything going on in the economy. Then I took the company over. Originally, we were just Southern California based. And I always had a vision and wanted to kind of grow nationally. We felt like holding the hand of our customers across the country made a lot of sense. And so if they're in San Diego this year and they're going to Miami next year and potentially maybe Chicago the year after that, or a lot of these corporations are going to do multiple programs of different varieties throughout the year, we really felt like by holding the hand and showing above above the bar customer service, amazing creativity, the attention to detail, really building our whole business around these customers, we felt was a great model. So in 2012, I merged my company with who is now my partner, Shelly Archer. She had a similar company in Southern California. And together we were able to grow the company uh, throughout the company to what it is today. So 360 Destination Group, which was then rebranded as that has been around since January of 2012, so a little over 11 years. And even amongst that, there's been a lot of ups and downs over those years, especially starting March of 2020 uh, was a rude awakening for our industry. But in general, the company has been around close to almost 40 years now, a little over 40 years in its entirety. But 360 Destination Group is a little over 11 years old. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I think you just touched on the answer to this question, but, you know, in your industry, what makes your company unique? I know there's other competitors. I think, I think, yeah, safely, I can say that you're one of the bigger uh, providers of this kind of service around the, the country because the fact yeah. that you're national is a big deal. But what, what is, what is unique about 360 Destination Group that somebody should reach out to you for their next event? Our, our industry in general is based on relationships. And we've always taken kind of a family mentality with our business and with our both our internal uh, employees that right now uh, we have gotten back up to about 165 full time employees throughout the country, um, which is a big improvement. And I'll get into some of the numbers a little bit later about where we came from to where we are. Um, but we, we are fortunate in that in looking in its entirety across the country, it's been extremely important for us to scale up so that we do have people, we call it boots on the ground. We are hired because we're the local experts. That's, that's what these companies, that's what our corporations and our clients, that's what they're looking for us to. We have the local relationships when it comes to what are the best vendors. We go through an extensive vetting process with all of our vendors in each of our destinations because there are some national, whether it's a linen company, an entertainment company, busing companies, but there's so much uniqueness when it comes to each destination. Someplace like a New York is going to be a lot different than a Dallas. That's going to be a lot different than Napa. So with that, we really try and focus in on what is the best of the best in each of those destinations. And for us, it also goes along with the personalization. When a, when a client comes to us, we really sit down and try and plot out what are they trying to get out? We want to be part of the solution so that we're not just looking at putting a welcome reception or a final night awards dinner together. We really want to look at what is that experience from the time they are coming to the destination to the arrival experience at some of these gorgeous hotels that they are staying at. But then also it's the little touches throughout that make you feel special that kind of elevates that whole experience for, for these employees or customers 
at each of their programs. We handle about 750 to 850 individual programs a year. That can be everything from a one-night event or a product launch um, all the way through three, four, or five-day programs that might be at one of our destinations. It's really a full-blown program, and they're really trying to make this experience, stick with these people, make, make their company stand out against others. There's, is there, there's a retention factor that goes along with that that they're trying to do. Um, a thank you back to the employees, an incentive. They want to go on this trip next year. So for 360, we always start with built around you is kind of the mantra of all of our employees, because we're going to sit down and really plot out what do you want to get out? What is the goal of this program? How can we really touch on that multiple times from beginning to end of the program all the way through their departure? That's cool. So I, I when you were talking about that, I was remembering that when I was at KPMG uh, for a couple of years, they had an annual event in Dallas. And uh, kind of like what you said, you know, it was all taken care of from the day, the time you stepped off the airplane to, to the time you get back on the airplane. And um, everybody looked forward to that because they knew that the firm was trying to put on a show, you know, about why you want to stay at KPMG and be part of the firm. And, um, and, and they, every year it was very creative and inventive what they did. Innovative, I think, is the word I'm thinking. And, it's really know, important for... For all our customers these days, especially coming out of the pandemic, because now the job market's still extremely tight. They have to show whether it's a KPMG, Ernst & Young, PwC, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, they need to showcase why they are the best company in their space, uh, both from a customer standpoint and an employee standpoint. So it's extremely important and the thought that goes into it, they need to, they need to show why they are the best they feel they are the best and, and the uniqueness of service that they're able to bring to the table. And, and that's what we're here to do. We're the behind the scenes people that create the visions that create these events, along with the internal planning departments for these corporations. But in a collaboration and a partnership, we're all there to do the exact same thing, which is to wow the people that are showing up for these events. Yeah. Well, that's challenging for you guys to keep coming up with new ideas, but. It is. I wish I could take the credit for it. Um, I'm extremely fortunate. The employees that we have in this company blow my creativity out of the water. I would say in the early part of my career, uh, I could I could stand up there and, and give some pretty good presentations from uh, a decor standpoint, a color standpoint, lighting, all those type of things. I would say I've gotten a little rusty as the company has grown because my job has has changed over the years. In running this company, when you have 17 destinations, 165 employees, um, there is a lot that goes on every single day. Customers making sure that we're taking the best care we possibly can with the customers that we have. So I have to give them all the credit for the creativity. And, and we do feel it is something that does separate us um, because it's not just a number. Uh, we're not some behemoth that is just going to put multiple people on a program and just walk away from it. We really try and take the time, the care, and the detail uh, to make sure that you, that our clients feel unique and that they are the only focus when they're in town because they have a large team that is supporting it from the hotel standpoint, the food and beverage standpoint. There's a lot that is invested in these programs, millions of dollars many times, um, that they want to make sure they are getting the ROI from their side, from the customers and the employees and, and these companies so that they can continue to do it in the future. That's cool. 
So I can think I kind of know the answer to this question, but um, you 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 are a little unique in that your your parents started the company. You you've taken it to a whole nother level, obviously. But when you were a, a young person and going to high school or college, were you thinking of that you're going to follow your mom and dad's footsteps and get into this kind of business? Not in the least. I thought I would stay far, far away from this industry. And in, in starting back in 1978, I was a small, very small kid back then. And so what I remember was kind of sucking gas fumes, loading coolers, uh, child labor laws probably are good that they weren't as, as restrictive as they are now cleaning bathrooms, all the things I've really done every single job there is to do in this company, uh, in every facet of the world. And so when I got to the age, when I went off to college, uh, I am a proud Colorado Buffalo. Uh, so I got to go to school back in, in Colorado for a couple of years in Boulder and I was international business and marketing. And the time I was kind of kind of coming through college, my goal was that's when FAFSA uh, was kind of the main headline. Japan was big with business. Japan was very strong. FAFSA had, was kind of at the forefront of a lot of the business classes I was taking. So my international business, and then I also got a marketing degree. I felt like I was always going to kind of move down South America, Central America, be more on the international business side of things. Uh, and as I got through uh, college, I had one of the best jobs in the world. I was the Coors rep for Boulder, Colorado, which still to this day is the best job I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. That. It was amazing. But as I got to the end, I had an opportunity to kind of stay on with Coors and, and move in that direction. Or there is a part of our business when these large corporations will come in, let's just say they're coming to South Florida and they're going to be at a hotel. They're going to bring in staff that's almost temporary staff. They're contracted staff. They're gonna be here for five or six days to make sure that they are executing, help execute, work with the destination management company, work with the hotel, and it's called trip directors. And so you're kind of flown all over the world and you'll be in Hawaii this week, you'll be in Orlando next week. And it was an opportunity for me to kind of reach out to some of the customers we had worked with historically. And I got in with some great companies. And so for about the next three years, I traveled uh, around the world, kind of the other side. It was almost on the planning side of it versus the destination management side. But it also gave me a chance to see how this industry and the destination management companies around the world operated and worked, which at the time I didn't realize, but it gave me such great insight and depth as to what worked, what didn't work, what were the planners saying on their side when, when things were operating. And so because of that, uh, when I came off the road, I came in the company, I was operations for three for what was then called TMM, the meeting manager. I opened up our Orange County and our Los Angeles offices at the time, but it really gave me a platform and a stepping off place to get a better knowledge of what this industry does. Fast forward 25 years later, um, I can't imagine being in a different industry. I was I was so fortunate that I kind of fell back into it because I definitely did not think I would ever come back in the hospitality industry. And it is a godsend that I was fortunate enough to land in this and make so many relationships, so many friendships, so many once in a lifetime experiences uh, that I would never have been able to duplicate if I would have gone down other paths, other road. Um, and so I just, every day I'm so thankful, both of my family, uh, but just all the friends and family who supported along the way in those relationships that have now endured 
a lot of ups and downs in the economy, whether it was 9-11, the mortgage crisis, obviously COVID. Um, those were all catastrophic uh, events that happened in our industry. But looking back at it in 2023, it was the best move I could have ever made. So one of the, you mentioned COVID a couple of times. And um, I, I, back when you signed up with Blueprint CFO, I was your CFO initially. Yeah. Now you're working with Mitch Fetterman. But um, I, I signed when I started working with you, was we were just coming out of COVID. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you want to share any you know specific information, but I know how challenging it was to get through that period because all corporate events were canceled pretty much. Yeah, and, that's um, you know I really try I've tried to block part of that time out of my brain. <laughs> I mean, not, there was nothing like that ever probably in your in your industry. Not right? rehash. No, you know when you look back, nine eleven was a traumatic event, a huge event that happened in New York. Certainly affected corporate travel for a little bit in New York, sometime longer, but it was it was somewhat concentrated to kind of the New York City. And the corporation certainly backed off a bit. Um, it came back fairly quickly. Uh, you look, you fast forward to 2008 when the mortgage crisis uh, affected the hospitality industry. Obama came out and made some comments at the time. But when all of that happened, that was also somewhat temporary. The financial industry really got hit hard because of TARP money. There were some restrictions on how they could spend money, what they could do. Um, the AIG debacle that actually happened out on the West Coast was right down the street from our corporate offices. So with that, but that was also a time and a place. Pharmaceuticals was doing great. The economy in general in 2008 and nine was doing fairly good. It was, the, it was the financial industry and real estate that got hit so hard. Fast forward to basically March 15th-ish of 2000. 20, the world shut down for our business, for our industry. Um, immediately, even the hotels, as everybody kind of remembers back, everything shut down. People didn't leave the house. School shut down. The world really did stop there for a little bit of time. Uh, and it was quite different in all the different states. Uh, I was in California when COVID started and California shut down. New York shut down. The big cities did shut down. There were some, some cities and states that took it a little bit more in stride. And I, I would say Florida did a great job of kind of staying open. Texas was certainly one that was more open, Arizona. So there was some select states that, that stayed open and, and continued doing business. I wouldn't say it's normal, uh, but we went from a very robust 2019. It was one of the tops in, in, in the hospitality industry. When you look back at hotels, RevPAR in hotels, occupancy in hotels, spend with DMCs. It was it was the one of the best years on record. And when March hit, January, February, extremely strong. We were projecting to just blow our numbers out of the water that year. And when March hit, uh, no corporation is going to send their people on the road, would send their people on the road. So overnight, the force majeure that then kicked into effect, no corporation was going to travel. So for DMCs, all DMCs, uh, we got crushed. There's there's no better way to put it than we got crushed. Um, all business stopped. And there was some pivoting, I would say, later on the year to the virtual events that many people experienced, whether it was kind of a fun virtual experience, meetings, annual meetings, those kind of things went virtual. We, we, we ended up pivoting and doing some of the virtual. But overnight, we went from somewhere about 130 employees 
at a low point, which was uh, July, August of that year, down to about 22. So, and, and revenues, like I said, stopped overnight. Fast forward, you know, we survived. I have to say the PPP was helpful. And even some of the ERC credits helped us get through 2020, 2021. And then to give you kind of a frame of reference, the, the hotels actually stayed quite busy because there was so much leisure travel, but corporations weren't really ready uh, from a perception standpoint, from a liability standpoint, there were still so many question marks out there. And so corporations in general were just very hesitant to kind of come back. And fast forward to 2022, we grew, like I said, from 22 employees. At the end of 22, we were sitting at about 110 to 120 employees as everybody was trying to hire so quickly to where now we're over 165 employees. But we grew in revenue about 500%. Um, we surpassed our 2019 numbers by nearly 40%. Uh, and that happened overnight. And it, it really was drinking from a fire hose. There isn't any company yeah. like mine around the country that can say we were prepared for it. That being able to train people, uh, we brought on a full-time recruiter. That's all she was doing was getting our offices back to fully staffed. And it takes time. This, this industry is not one you just pick up overnight. So for us, it was crucial to get key people involved and really get solid foundation from a training standpoint to get these people up to speed. Because with the growth of what happened in 2022, you just think of what the accounting department looks like from a $10 million company to a $70 million company. It's night and day. And yeah. to be able to kind of weather that storm and get the right people on the bus was crucial. And I, I think we did it fairly successfully. 2023 is, I would say, a right-sizing year. There's still an increase, 10 to about 15% will end up year over year from 22, um, which for us is great because we all we have the right people in place. We can give the correct customer service that people have become accustomed to. The creativity of actually stepping back, spending the time, being able to allocate resources, monies, investments, uh, to take care of our customers and give them what they have become used to for a long time. The 360 has really been a push for us, as well as retention of our own employees. We want them to feel like they're mastering their craft and being able to uh, sit down and strategic. We had a leadership training last week with our with our 35 kind of uh, director and above level people to make sure that they're well trained because it's been hiring so fast and promoting so fast. These people need the training and expertise so that they know how to manage their teams moving forward. But it's been a wild ride, but and I don't want to do it again. I think if we can just kind of flatten out that hockey stick is great. Um, but we see great things ahead. 24 and 25, both are looking very solid uh, as we're looking ahead at what the hotels is, is one of our biggest gauges of their occupancy, what they're looking at. And we see that 24 and 25 are looking very strong. Wow, that's cool. I mean, one one thing that I would say, um, hopefully, I'm not giving away any confidential information here. But one one way you one thing you did, Trevor, was be conservative in your spending, and um, not not you know there was a significant uh, working capital going into COVID that you know got the company through the tough times, yeah. so that you were well positioned to take advantage of the opportunities when they presented themselves. Where a lot of companies distribute all the profits out every year and, and, you know, keep the company really lean 
And that that doesn't work well when there's tough times. You know, who nobody could have ever predicted COVID. But I'm always telling my clients, you know, it's important to have a certain amount of equity on your balance sheet, not only just for a lender to look at to lend your money, but also to get you through the times, that, the rainy days that you're not really thinking about. Because, right. you know, usually it's the go-go period. You, you've had so many go-go periods over the years growing like you did that um, you could easily have just said, hey, let's, you know, let's distribute all the money out and, you know, and keep the company lean. And, and that just doesn't work when tough times come. No, we and uh, fortunately, my business partner, Shelly, and I, we have a really good philosophy together that we really did keep the money in the company for a rainy day. You never know when that happens is going to happen. There were certainly times along the way that, you know, you look at investing in an office building, you look at investing in new destinations, which are big investments for us because no, no new destination is going to break even. You know, it's a two to three year investment usually when we open these new offices and new destinations. So by us saving for that rainy day, when stuff hit the fan, we were able to really take a step back, evaluate, be very open and honest with our employees of what was going on. The world knew what was going on. We were able to, we kept on a majority of our salespeople at that point because we always felt that sales was going to be the ones that we would have to kind of start with when this recovery did happen. So we kept on a lot of our salespeople around the country. And as we kept kind of our nest egg and never really touched it, it was tremendously beneficial. We actually increased our destinations quickly coming back out because a lot of our competitors were also in the same. They're kind of everybody was starting back with one, two, three, four, five employees in a specific destination. So we were all kind of on an even playing field as the economy came back and as hospitality came back into its own in 22. So for us, I'm usually a little bit more on the aggressive side when it comes to opening new offices and opportunities that come to the company. Shelly is kind of my yin to my yang. She, she makes me sit down, we'll talk it through, we'll put the pro formas together. Uh, and she keeps me very grounded that way, which I really appreciate. Partnerships are not easy. And I am tremendously uh, fortunate to have someone that we can bounce ideas, we can have difference of opinions, but at the same day, we're always on the same team. And so we're trying to make good decisions that are for the betterment of the company, which ultimately is our, our employees. They're the ones who benefit from it, but it, also the clients that we have out there. If we have the best of the best when it comes to talent, creativity wise, organizational wise, operationally, that's only going to translate into these experiences, these once in a lifetime experience, which is exactly what the customers are looking for now as they're coming back pretty full blown, if not even above the levels that they were planning meetings in 2018 and 19. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I know, I know uh, Shelly too, and she's, you, you two are, as you said, work very well together. So, um, so the, Beyond the recession and the COVID, you know, and being conservative, is there any other thing you can think of in terms of things that, that got off track or lessons you learned over the years of, you know, how to run a better business? You know, I would have to say probably one of the biggest things is you have to know your numbers. Um, that's one of the things uh, historically for our company, we've been good with numbers. Uh, I wouldn't say we are, we were great with numbers, we have the budgets, we get the reporting, um, what we were able to do with Blueprint when you came in and, and your teams, 
was to really help us showcase what are those KPIs that we have to religiously month after month, sit down, have that meeting, look at it. I now look at numbers daily. Might be a little too much, but I love knowing exactly where we are multiple times weekly, especially with the overheads that we have. Um, a, a large percentage, as we're a service business, uh, about two thirds of our overhead is the employees themselves. So to look where we're correctly staffed, to look ahead at what are we spending money on when we're doing client events, when we're supporting our hotels with the different events that they're doing to promote their hotel or the different brands that are out there, really knowing your numbers backwards and forwards. Uh, I'm fortunate I come from kind of a numbers background. I, my math skills and how I've always been able to do numbers is I'm, I'm lucky that way. That's kind of my expertise. Whereas my business partner, Shelly, from a marketing standpoint, she's so creative and able to give you great direction and what's going to work, what's not going to work from a marketing standpoint. That's why we work well together. But that's something that we really focused on with, with you. And then more recently with Mitch is really having those numbers available to us, having the correct dashboards that we can see at any time where we are at, our projections, our cash flow. Um, it has been tremendously crucial for us to get better at our numbers. Potentially one day, we're probably going to sell this company. And that is one of the first things that any, whether it's private equity, investment, strategic buyers, that's one of the first things they're going to ask about is really look back. What do your books look like? How, from a financial standpoint, your balance sheet looks, um, your capital accounts. And so being able to really know the numbers in and out has been crucial. And not that it's also another plug for about 12, 14 years, I was part of Vistage. Um, I, this is when I lived in California. I'm now in Florida. But for me, Vistage was a huge point that I was able to get involved with and see what other businesses were doing. Had nothing to do with hospitality. There's never been another hospitality business in my group. But to see how trucking does and manufacturing and uh, all the different at businesses that are out there, we all have the exact same problems. And to have that sounding board for me and, and my business coach was Les Whitney, who's one of the best in the business. And I was very fortunate to be able to have that. They're the ones who actually recommended working with Blueprint because there was a couple people in my group that had worked with Blueprint historically and were very happy and satisfied with what they got out of it. Um, so having that Having that person to talk to, that organization to talk to, uh, it could be a spouse, could be a brother, um, but having those mentors has been very helpful for me to manage what has been a, a chaotic last year and a half as business has come back. Um, so those, those are some of the key things as an entrepreneur. I love trying new things, but you have to have sound numbers. You have to have a vision. You have to have it written down. You can't get to that endpoint. If, if you don't write it down. And so that's been a big thing for me as, as we come back and as we look ahead to what the future has for us and our expansion plans, um, that is a very important to know your numbers backwards and forwards. You can never know them. You can never not know them well enough. Yeah, I mean, that reminds, I just signed a new client and I was working on their, uh, looking at their financials this morning and one month they'd make money and then the other month they lose money and then they make more money. And it, it's only because they're not matching up the revenues and expenses correctly. And, um, you know, so it, they want to sell their company. And so when you go to sell your company, if you have that kind of, you know, reporting going on, that's erratic, then the investors like, well, is this company actually profitable or not? Yeah. And so it's really, you know, 
not to toot our own horn here, but it is important to have solid accounting and make sure the numbers make sense. Because, um, it, you know, when an investor comes in or even a bank, they want to give you a loan. And if, if the numbers don't make sense, then you're going to leave money on the table. Right. Exactly. 100%. So, you know, you touched on the family aspect of having 165 employees. I'm up to 18 and and we were just nominated for our, we're just awarded best places to work in Orange County. I don't think you know that. So that's pretty exciting. But, you know, owning your own business, there's always challenges. You know, what, what do you see as the biggest challenge of, of owning your own business? Man, great question. You know, there's so many highs and lows with owning your own business, I think, uh, going through things like what I've been talking about. Certainly a low. Coming back out of it and seeing all these people come back on board is probably one of the biggest highs to see, to be able to extend a culture within our company. Retention is tremendously important. We have, we, we brought on someone, all the, everything they do is, is involved around employee engagement and employee happiness. I love seeing that. I, I love coming from what really was a truly family owned company that my parents started back in the seventies to when Shelly and I came together to really extenuate I have a pretty, I have five daughters at home, which can be a little chaotic at times too. My, my partner has two children at home. And so everything we do revolves around, we're doing it for our families, but that family now extends to 165 families around the horn, around the country um, with remote working of what it is. We certainly have to have our people in our cities, but we are pretty flexible with certain positions, whether it's in administration, HR, um, even some of our operations people will live in different cities and fly because we operate in some cities we might not have an office in. So for us, it's, it's tremendously important, but also satisfying to see these 165 families really enjoy working for the company. Um, they are they like it. They enjoy getting up for work. They're excited. This week, I've been in Nashville on Tuesday. I was in New York yesterday and this morning. And to see the happiness of people enjoying working for 360, that warms my heart more than I could ever even imagine, even if we we're a company that broke even, uh, to see that people really do enjoy. So from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I just love everything about business. I love you don't know what the future has to hold. That's the exciting part. But for a lot of people, that is the scary part too. They don't, they don't know what the future has to hold. And I think it's for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's the way your brain is just, whether it's environmental growing up and in college and, and how you've been brought up in, in your life, or it is also just something that you learned or that it's in your brain. My wife loved working for Hilton for 20 years. It was the best job she ever had. She enjoyed it through and through. That would not have been a job that I wanted to for 20 years, kind of many different destinations. And I'm not taking any way, anything away from that, but I love not knowing what the future has to hold. So if you're okay with that, entrepreneurship is the jam. I love it. It is everything I always thought it would be and more, but I can also understand that it can be very scary. And for some people, they just don't like not knowing what the future has to hold. I think, you know, we're similar in that we're totally different businesses, but I think each of us are doing, trying to do something cool, you know, something that is you're proud to work for our your company and proud to work for our company. And 
Um, you know, and then the, the other aspect of that is taking care, like you said, the family aspect of your employees and providing them a career path and a way to, you know, to buy a house and, you know, put their kids through college and, and have a fun environment when they come to work every day. Um, you know, that's, it's a challenge, but it's also a, a joy. You know, it's a, it's a super joy to to have your people be you know, with you and helping you achieve your mission of your company. And we have one of the one of the amazing things that I probably is even a little bit special that I love so much. We have many uh, family related. We have daughters of people who've been with the company 20, 25 years or sons. Uh, recently, there was uh, someone's daughter. We have two new daughters that both their moms worked in the company. My daughters have worked for the company. Um, and so to see kind of that next generation, because we really have almost four generations kind of coming through now, this company, because we have everybody from 21 years old, you know, kind of the coordinator, the entry level positions, people all the way up to mid 60s that have been with the company 35, 30, 37 years. So to see the swath of, of the different generations and how they interact and how you have to kind of work with each one a little bit differently and how to work with different ones. It's, it's a unique sociology experiment, um, but it's beautiful in the way it kind of just unfolds and the dynamics that it brings into any office is very powerful. And, and I love to see it. I, I get so excited when people do come and say, hey, my daughter's trying to get into it or is there an internship uh, opportunity? Um, we've had some of the best successes around the horn are, are people that are related to someone in the company. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that story. So one other question on being an owner of a business is work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all tend to, you know, have, we have fun at work. So we go to work a lot. Uh, how do you feel like you're doing a work-life balance? Yeah. You know, I, I would say I do okay. Um, there's always room for improvement. You know, I've read the books. I've, I've tried to back off. I would say for me, summertime, uh, our industry is a little bit uh, seasonal in that summer is a little bit slower for corporate travel in general because kids are out of school. Kids are now going back to college or going back to schools. And so corporate America doesn't necessarily do a lot of their meetings in the summertime. And also depending on where you are on the map, it is hotter than Hades down here in Florida right now or Arizona or, you know, we, Texas, you, you, you see it every day on the news of all these breaking the rules when it comes to these temperatures that are going on around the country. Um, but you know what, in general, I, I'm just so thrilled to be part of this industry and to be able to kind of step back and see where the industry has gone. And we're going to continue to kind of move it forward. We enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's come back extremely strong. And I just see only good things ahead. The, the, the economy uh, is a big deal for us and uh, how things do recover. But I see only positives as we're looking ahead in 24 and 25, pending any large scale events. We have some politics are going to come into play as we look ahead into the future. Uh, there still is, uh, though there were some great financial reports that did come out this week, there's still a little hesitation between inflation and, inflation and the recessionary issues that we're looking ahead to. So we're just, you know, we're constantly monitoring what's going on with our hotels. We're constantly monitoring what's going on with our clients and just kind of making the best decisions we possibly can moving forward. That's awesome. So that's going to kind of wrap up our program for today. Um, I always ask our entrepreneur if there's any last minute 
things that they can think of to share with you know future entrepreneurs that are out there um, thinking about run, starting their own business. But I don't know if Trevor is going to come up with any because he's really shared a lot so far. So is there any uh, last minute thing you can think of, Trevor, that you know we haven't already talked about? You know, uh, for me, I would say is as an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit tone deaf. You have to have that gut feeling of the decision you're making is the right decision and not so much care about all the noise. Uh, it's real easy to play Monday morning quarterback. Hindsight's 2020 for everything. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to take that risk. It can be a very educated risk. It can You can do the performance. You can look at all the potential that is out there. But it is not easy. It's not just going out and selling. It's not just going out and operating. It's not just the back of the house where you have the finance. You have the HR, especially in this day and age. HR is so crucial. You really have to be able to kind of be able to focus in on what is important, what you really want, your message you want to get across. What is the culture of the business you're trying to get across? What is that goal? Do you want to be a $20 million company, a 50, a $100 million company? And it changes. For us, it changes uh, probably every six months, six, six months to a year when our leadership team gets together. What is that ultimate goal? Um, you have to sometimes also be humble enough that you're able to step back when you've made a wrong move to admit, all right, that wasn't the right move. Let's try this direction. Let's try this direction. It is okay to fail because every entrepreneur, I have had many businesses flop over the years that not 360 or TMM, but I've had new divisions that haven't done as success, haven't been as successful as I liked them. There have been divisions we've opened and closed. There have been partnerships I have that have not succeeded and it's okay. Failure is part of success. You're only going to do that. And that's what I always tell my daughters is it's okay if you fall. I'm, I'm not going to always be there to catch you, but I'm certainly going to be able to be there to help you get back up on your feet. And so falling is part of the game and it's okay to fail. That's awesome. Great tips. I mean, it touches on one thing you said there about having a plan and, you know, revisiting the plan. And, you know, I just want to put another plug in for Blueprint here. That That's part of our name, Blueprint. And we help our clients create a plan and we and review it every month with them and make sure the plan is working by bringing them uh, financial data that's accurate and timely. So that's going to wrap up our show for today. Trevor, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, it was an awesome show and uh, I think a lot of good information was shared that'll help other entrepreneurs out there. So thank you very much. And we'll see you at our next event. Uh, I believe our, our, our guest is going to be Delay Huto of Vincent corporation. So that'll be in two weeks. Uh, and we'll see you then. Thank you very much and goodbye. Pleasure.